Hey guys, and welcome back to Beer Bubbles, the number one bubbliest podcast there is. And as usual, I'm joined by CC. How you doing, guys? And we have another guy here named Daniel. Yes, Daniel Norland from Brewing Culture. Yeah, so we are at Carlos. Brewing Culture. Or Kultur. 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 Yes. I was um, laughing when I was reading your story <laughs> because you, you, you write Earl, like yes. beer in like some words. Yes. Yeah, so, so <laughs> when Peter found out about that, then yeah, it stuck with him. And so he's been using that for everything, basically. <laughs> Wherever you can put an Earl into things. <laughs> and yeah, for our international listeners, you know, Earl is beer. So yeah, the O with the umlauts and the L is beer. So yeah. Whenever you can phonetically get it in there, that's what he does. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, tell us about you guys because Peter is not here right now. No, you are. Yes. How did you meet? Um, so we met at the at university in Umeå um, about ten years ago, and uh, for some reason we just decided two years later that we were going to uh, make beer together. the uh, The situation right then was that Peter was in Sweden studying, and I was just about to move to the states. So um, after having lived in in Wisconsin for two to three years, I came back. I checked in on Peter, and he was in in Helsingborg, not knowing what to do. So I said, "Hey, why don't you join me for Fourth uh, of July and try my beers?" And he came. He tried them, and then he said, uh, "We should do something together." So that's basically it. Now we're here with our little baby <laughs> brewing culture <laughs> yeah. in a barn. In a barn, yeah. yes. Uh, we're fortunate that it's still here. I met the the um, uh, an old man about a well a few months ago, uh, and he said that as a child he almost burnt this building down. Ooh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where our bar is where, is where the old oil oil barrels used to be, and uh, he and his brother thought it was a good idea to set them on fire. Ah. Um, yeah, so we're fortunate that it's still here. We love this barn. It's an old stable building. And, uh, yeah, we've done some very small alterations to it. And, yeah, it's what it is. I think it's really fitting that you uh, want to be a farmhouse brewery in a farmhouse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. I mean, uh, why not, right? Yeah. Yeah. But then you and Peter, you started up. As I said, Peter's not here anymore, and that doesn't mean that he's dead. Uh, uh. He's just <laughs> not in Sweden anymore. Because, and why is that? that is, when I heard this story the first time, I was angry. Properly yes. angry. Well, there were a few of us that were angry. Um, he, uh, Peter is not only um, half owner in Brewing Culture, he's also part owner of uh, Katarina Ölkafe in, in Stockholm. And so he was earning a salary from both places. And, uh, when, uh, he's, and he was an entrepreneur visa. So when it was time to evaluate his, uh, his income situation, he had been receiving incomes from, from two entities, right? But he was only majority owner of the one, so they would only uh, accept that salary. And since he had a lot of hours coming in from Catarina El Cafe, <laughs> they just simply wouldn't accept that. So anyway, so we started actually invoicing his hours instead so that they could be paid through the brewery. <laughs> but, you know, that was, that was apparently not enough effort. So, so he was deported. He was deported, yeah. Um, uh, How so many Americans are getting deported from Sweden right now? It's oh, it's actually I thought I think it was kind of a ridiculous amount, but but to be honest, it's it's uh, usually on these like small technicalities, you know. When we ended up in this situation, there were some really good organizations that contacted us, and we heard about all these 
amazingly ridiculous reasons to why people get sent out of Sweden. People who earn a salary and, and you know, they're paying their taxes and they're doing everything right. They're contributing to the society yeah. properly. Yeah, yeah, you know, and I mean, Swedes, we are all about that. Contribute to the society, you know, pay your taxes, uh, do the right thing, right? And uh, we think we did, you know. Um, he was getting two salaries and it all added up to the right amounts. It was just not according exactly to what they wanted it to be. It's just... Weird. Yes, and sad. Yeah. So, really sad. well, the plan is that Peter's going to come back in the fall and visit us and um, see how things are. He was here two years ago over the summer and visited us. Uh, the plan is that Peter's coming back. You know, he wants we're to just, come back anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're we're hoping that um, we're going to get through this pandemic and you know Americans can safely travel to Sweden and and all of that. So, whenever that happens, uh, the plan is that Peter's going to come back. Peter, we miss you. Come back soon. <laughs> Peter, oh, Peter. Peter! <laughs> That's, it's absurd. It's really absurd. Yeah, but it also, you know, um, we'd been working, we didn't have any money when we started the brewery, right? So we went from zero. We went to the daddy-mommy bank and said, hey, you know, we've got this idea that we believe in. The banks wouldn't help us because, you know, obviously we didn't own any assets or anything. So we had nothing. We had a car that I bought for 5,000 crowns, <laughs> and we had that as a delivery car, a Volvo V40 for, you know, the first four <laughs> years. And uh, so we went from absolutely nothing, and we were finally, you know, where we wanted to be. We sold the correct amount of beer that year that we, you know, we were, we were meeting our targets. And that's when he got sent off, you know, that. So we had to put everything on hold. Um, my brother came in for a short period of time and helped us out. He did a great job and helping us out with brewing. But, you know, it led to me having to take another job and, and um, be a slave to the wage again. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we did have to put, a, put the brewery on hold. Now we have Brad. Uh, Brad from Trosa, he's from Melbourne originally. Um, he's brewing for us. So uh, you're kind of collecting expats. Um, yeah, I mean, it seems <laughs> like we're, they're drawn to us. I don't know, I don't know what that's about. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it, the brewery's language has been English up until you know very recently. Um, we've started having you know younger people come in and help us out with packaging and stuff like that. So I've had to start writing manuals in Swedish. They've all been in English. <laughs> so uh, so that's been a bit funny. Yeah. The, the, lo the brewery is very locally focused, right? That, that's locally true. Locally anchored as well. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, we, we're sending beer off to the States every now and mm. again. Um, but we've the plan has always been that we were supposed to be local first and, and, and uh, you know, have sort of an outreach after that, you know, whatever we could do. But, um, yeah, so it's funny that <laughs> it's been an English brewery or American brewery uh, with farmhouse... Um, dreams, yeah, it's a mishmash of everything. <laughs> you know, so it's, we don't quite know ourselves what we're doing. So, yeah. But do you, uh, is it starting to pick up now? It is starting to pick up. Um, we, when, when the government decided that Peter couldn't stay, I switched the whole operations towards, um, uh, well, catering for Sustainable Augit and um, um, the Monopoly, and uh, we dropped all our keg sales. Um, we just. Great, great timing. I mean, well, it's it's unfortunate. I mean, it's <laughs> crazy, right? You know, yeah. But it was like, okay, we're not going to be able to manage that you know, uh, or, or those kind of sales because it's a completely different kind of um, um, uh, sales operation. Well, you have to have more 
personal connection to more people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, because that's very much people management and and stuff when you when you're selling kegs to bars. And um, I I was in a family situation where I wasn't able to do that, so I had to change everything towards uh, the monopoly, and that was very fortunate. So um, we, I mean, considering what other breweries have been going through through the pandemic. I think we've been fortunate enough to still stay in business and it's all thanks to being able to sell a lot of beer at Sustainable or our local stores, mm. you know. So, so yeah. And the future is for brewery culture. Just do what you're doing now. Well, um, what we've been doing for the past few years is that we've been aging beers. We, we've gone more towards what we set out to do, which was Belgian-inspired beer or farmhouse beer. And um, we've released a couple of those uh, beers. We just released now a month ago um, our Golden Hands of Pollen, which is a uh, dandelion-infused um, beer, or the uh, we inoculated with uh, dandelion bacterial culture um, from our local fields up here. Uh, we also have our local hops growing outside on the and wall. That's uh, in the beer that Rasmus is drinking right yeah. now. No, it's not. Uh, actually, this is one of the uh, our our annual um, saison that we release, uh, the okay. farm to kettle. Right. Um, so, um, so that's one of those beers. But the, this other one is a spontaneous saison. Okay, that's been right. aged for three years. But that's with the local hops. Uh, this is also with the local hops. Yeah, yeah. Yes. the ones yes. on the back side. We'll we'll exactly. take a photo of it. You w- yeah. You'll see it on Facebook and Insta. Sure. Yeah. And so yeah. So this. One farm to kettle is actually sort of a uh, a celebration of my my um, my mother. Uh, she was the one who well, she tried to have a rose garden over there by the house. Uh, my f- parents' house is just across the um, uh, the lawn from from the brewery, and um, she was trying to have a rose garden. But the hops had uh, been growing over there for quite some time. So when we started the brewery, she she, she told us that um, you better do something with this because my, I'm out of patience, you know. Um, uh, I'm not getting my roses, and you better do something with the, with the hops. So she's a huge supporter. She um, she helps us every year with uh, putting up like lanyards, and, and and the hops can grow on on the, on the strings there. So so we get a lot of hops from from my mother's rose garden. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, but there's no roses. Uh, no, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> barely, you know. Hops, roses. Yeah. I'll go for hops any day. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, definitely. So we don't know what kind of hops they are. They've been here, f- you know, for probably, you know, 100 years or more than that. Um, probably from the days when, when uh, the farmers were obliged. I mean, they had to grow hops for, for the crown. You should so. actually send it to send a sample to Yulita. Yes, or we, we should. I, I did an interview with... I can't remember her name right now. Uh, who who's the curator at Nordiska Museet and at Julita? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And yeah. they try. They want people to send in hops so they can, like, locally check the DNA and see where they come from and and mm. what kind of brand of hops. I mean, it's they so amazing up. walking around in there in in the Julita uh, hop garden and and see the different kind of cones that grow there. It's, it's a living gene pool. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely gorgeous. Well, speaking of living. You're kind of uh, what I got from reading the the story. The yeast is pretty important for you, for you guys, right? Yeast, yes, to absolutely. Experiment with the yeast, and yeah. not in an evil way. I also <laughs> read. Um. <laughs> Doctor Evil Yeast Fungus. Yeah. No. Um. We when we first started out, we we did ho- we we do some harvesting ourselves. Um. But we also made a lot of mixed fermentations in the beginning, and we do love the funk. <laughs> um, uh, which is complicated, you know. It's it's complicated because we have to make beer for the local market. 
uh, as we, as we previously touched on, we we would love to make more uh, farmhouse beer, but it's not really the kind of beer that sells locally. So we have, you know, we've had to sort of walk away from that. But our beers, even if it's an uh, American IPA, you will always get like a hint of that. There's some funk here, isn't it? You know, <laughs> we don't have. I mean, uh, we used to have obviously problems in the beginning with like, how do we control this? Mm. But um, but as we've grown into it and and and, and uh, gotten the hang of the carbonation that we need to work with, we're working with semi-open, you know, fermentation fermentation vessels. Uh, we can't cold crash. We're working in big plastic tanks, conical, imported from the U.S. We still have to like. There's a lot of work that goes into getting the carbonation right in these beers. Mm. Yeah. Well, definitely some funk in here. So, <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, but you're you're having you know our our saison and yeah. and uh, this I mean this baby should still like mature for probably a few months. You know, she's still very fresh. Yeah, so it's, it's very the, the it's very green still. Yeah. So I, uh, in a couple months, you're, you're yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, let but that bad boy sit for like you know s- you know six to eight months. Put it way back in the cupboard. Yeah. And exactly. just, just find it when you're looking for new shoes for next season. <laughs> I don't have six to eight months right now <laughs> so I'm just going to keep drinking it and enjoy the... And you got a couple of barrels just behind you? Um, yes. Um, this is something that we uh, we did with... Um, collab, I see. Uh, yeah, it's Cascade. a uh, collab with Cascade uh, Cascade Brewing Company in, uh, in um, Portland. Yeah, we we uh, we had a, a friend from there coming over a few years ago, and uh, we made a version of our American Amber Ale, but we inoculated it with um, simply with uh, wild bacteria, yeah. and uh, mm-hmm. it's been sitting here for quite some time now. So we need to. Uh, it's it's still not quite ripe for you know for. Okay, you're, you're for waiting. You're testing it from time to time. Oh yes, we do testings. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. So we sample it, and uh, yeah, it still has a little bit to you know a little bit with <laughs> way to go. So yes. Well, that's kind of a fun way to make beer as well. When you when you feel that you have the time to mature something until you feel is right. Right. I mean, and it, that's been the case with uh, Golden Hands of Pollen um, that we felt like, like it's ready now. It's ready to go. This time around, we released a similar product a few years ago, um, and we let that sit in the brewery to mature uh, for about a year and a half on mm-hmm. the bottle. Uh, but this one we released fresh. And we can see instantly that the reaction from the customers is that they don't quite know what it is that they're, you know, what they're buying because mm-hmm. they're not used to. I mean, again, we're talking about our local customers, right? They, they've been trying our Kolsch. They've been trying our APAs and stuff like that. And now they're drinking something funky and they're like, ah, you know, this, this, this tastes like weird. crap. Why, <laughs> why did you do this? You know, it's like, ah, I, you know, and, and but then again, I mean, if you look at the reviews of, on it. The funk people, they certainly appreciate it, you know. Um, but it, that's the tricky part, right? I mean, getting or conveying to the customer what it is that you're about to buy. It's a, you know, we have a completely different label for it. We have a, it's on a 750 mil bottle instead of the 30, uh, 330s. Yeah. Well, that, that's also a good thing to differentiate between, like, your standard stuff. Exactly. And this is... Yeah. Well, this is the maturable stuff. Put yeah. it in, put it in the cupboard for a while, and then or drink it right away. But it's going to be something totally different. Right, right. And um, they, we call it also. I mean, just because of the Earl, the thing with Peter mm-hmm. there, the Earl thing. It's the barrels of oh, yeah. Lord, So you've got a yeah barrel aged, <laughs> yeah bad barrel Earl. Age. Oh. Bad Earl age. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a. Uh, I think the f- the funkiness is something you learn to appreciate. It's yeah. not something like the first time trying a sour or something like that. It's, it's weird. Right, because it's unusual. It's 
Well, most people don't associate it with beer. Yeah. That's the thing. They, they've been drinking like macro lagers all yeah. their life, and then they get something. This is Earl. This mm-hmm. is beer. And they go, it's not. But it's also kind of, I do, it's, it's a downer when, when someone drinks the beer and they don't appreciate it. Yeah. But when you can actually teach them something and you yeah. can convey that, well, this is what beer probably tasted like, you know, 150, 200 years ago exactly. or even before that. Um, we have not modernized this beer. We have not primed it according to, you know, some, some form of, of, of data sheet mm. where, you know, mm. This is going to mature over time. It's not You're going to realize it's a live product. Exactly. It's going to evolve. And the complexity is going to evolve. You know, this is going to be beautiful. So I love it now, but it's going to be, might even be better, you know, like in three years' time. Just, but, you know, but to patience. me, that is what beer is all about. It's yeah. about the, the talk. They're like the, the where you go in and, and find new stuff. When you get someone who knows something and tells you and, and teaches you without being some kind of bully, right, trying to right. show you that they know. Right. No, so that's what I mean. You know, at the same time as it can be, um, you get saddened by, by someone saying that they didn't appreciate the product, but at the same time, it's kind of fun to sit down and actually write the email and tell them, hey, look. You know, you bought two bottles, mm. put the other one away, you know, treat it like a bottle of wine because, you know, you can't mm. do that with beer, you know, mm-hmm. and, and uh, they come back and, and, uh, and they, and they love I mean, it. I think it's a, a, a learning uh, curve and, and it's been going up and people know more about beer yeah. now than, yeah. than ever. And uh, but beer is supposed to be fun. It's supposed yeah. to be social. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of what, when I do beer tastings and stuff, you get people who come in and say, I don't drink beer. Mm-hmm. And instead of going, ah. I take that as a challenge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to show them that beer is not just what you think beer is. Right. Uh, and most of the times, people go away going, oh, that was fun. Yeah. It might Not everything will, was to my liking, but I like this one, so I might like beer. It's not that you don't like beer. It's that you don't, haven't had the beer you like yet. Right. No, I mostly had like the, the sheep lagers, macro yeah. <laughs> <laughs> beer. So it's... Uh, and you can't really compare that to, you know, the rest of the beer world because right. it's so small. It's yeah. so small. But that's when it's the most fun. Because, you, you know, when you, buy th- when you sell this to the Monopoly, you try to put as much information as you can on your website or on the, on the label or whatever. But it's when, the people, when people come to the brewery and you have the tastings here and you have a group of, you know, six to eight people and you can have a conversation with them. That's when it's the most fun. Because I'm telling them, I always tell them, look, you might not appreciate this product, but I really think you should try it. And yeah. then they try it, and, you know, some people will be like, oh, I, you know, I, th- I never thought I was going to like this, but this is actually really good. And then you'll get the ones who are like, I just can't handle hops, you know? And no. then it's, mm-hmm. okay, that's sad, but then I'll bring this one out for you, you know? <laughs> yeah. And you can, you can sort of, you know, you can navigate through that and, and, and um, open their eyes a bit. But, but to you, like, uh, there's got to be a point where you realize that beer was more than just macro lagers. Where, when was that, and what, what oh. beer was it? Oh, uh, <laughs> I think it. Uh, I think it was Double Diamond. Um, oh, yes. that old. Yes, <laughs> I don't think it's around anymore. My uh, my best friend's dad, like my extra dad, he would he would pop an, a Double Diamond on Friday nights, and I thought you know this there's just really something to this. Um, I didn't re- reflect much on it at the time. It was I think when I first moved to the states and i realized that oh that wasn't just you know like something odd or something you know 
abnormal uh, uh, abnormal thing you know there, there's actually a culture around this yeah. so before that i'd been living in south africa for a few years and it's just macro lager you know mostly you know corn based stuff and when i moved to the states and i had um a flat tire um <laughs> uh that's when uh yeah that that's when i realized there's something going on and then i went from there um new belgium a lot of new belgium beer and then the local wisconsin ones Eventually, you know, I got myself out to New Glarus and tried their beers. And, oh, man, New Glarus, how I miss them. <laughs> you know, it's just an amazing But you went brewery. to Denver to, or to uh, uh, New Belgium as well to visit? or? Uh, no, I've never, never made my way over to Colorado. Um, you, should. I, I, you should. I drove through. No, it's been mostly Portland and uh, Chicago area and, and uh, the Wisconsin breweries, like Point mm. Brewery. And, you know, these old breweries that, you know, they managed to survive through um, the, the Depression and the uh, um, you know the the days of what is it called um, you know when they banned Prohibi- alcohol prohibition, yeah, prohibition. Yeah, prohibition. Yeah, exactly so um, those breweries that were making root beer you know throughout yeah. the prohibition <laughs> and and then they came back you know with the with the punch um, um, those breweries uh, it's so much fun visiting them might have done something on the side as well well you know <laughs> I'm not gonna <laughs> I promise you we only make root beers yes <laughs> yes definitely <laughs> maybe ginger beers <laughs> if you're pushing it <laughs> no and there was a strong beer culture um, um, or a strong beer movement in even in Madison where I lived you know you you had um Capital Brewing Company, and then um, the, the different brew pubs around there. Because when I think U.S. brewers, I don't think Wisconsin that much. No, I mean, they're to me, it's for like uh, Colorado, ex- uh, Oregon, California, no, exactly. some on the East Coast, and then nowadays more. There's loads in Florida. You're right. Yeah, yes, I was in yes. Tampa two years ago, and it was crazy. No, there's a strong. Um, so Wisconsin is known as the dairy land of America, and there's a strong cheese culture because of the Dutch and the German um, um, populations that moved over there, and uh, and the beer obviously goes really well with that. And you have um, in in Milwaukee, uh, you had a lot of those like um, Pabst, you know, yeah. from from mm. from there and PBR. Uh, and uh, uh, Schle. Sh- sh- uh, Jeez, uh, Schlitz, Schlitz, yes, and yeah. all of all of these things going on there. The along Schlitz the coast, that yeah. that had a really expensive bottle and quite a shitty content. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it it was made to look ex- exclusive, mm-hmm. but then it was just yes. But I mean, so you it. had all these old breweries, so the beer was always around, right? Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying that these were like prime products, but I, after that came this craft culture. Yeah. And, and with the with the finer cheese and all of that coming out of there, it's not just American cheddar, you know. It's no. it's actually like <laughs> proper like aged chowda and beautiful stuff coming out of Wisconsin. American so. cheddar with uh, could contain traces of cheese. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. You see, no. No. So I I just want to take the opportunity to you know I mean Wisconsin's uh, doesn't really have a reputation over here besides what's that the seventies show or something yeah, like that yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe Harley Davidson motorcycles um so so uh, yeah no Wisconsin was a great place to live and um, the food and beer culture was amazing. What do you think of the beer scene in Sweden though? From when you started like trying beer? Oh, yeah, I mean, so when we started out, when was that? Twenty twelve. There were some 30, 40 breweries around, um, as far as I can remember, and it's just exploded, right? Um, it's over 500 now, I think. Yeah, and so having been around from sort of the beginning of the boom, 
um it's been fun you you know it's you know some great people in this in this industry and it's now it's just like popped up breweries everywhere so even when you show like i mean you used to be able to go to breweries and say hi it's daniel from brewing culture can mm-hmm. you like can i come visit mm-hmm. and um and, and uh they'll be like oh yeah brewing culture cool i saw mm-hmm. you on a list you know welcome whatever now it's like people it's just there's just so many breweries yeah. and if you go visit somewhere <laughs> they're like oh you're on a brewery how original you know <laughs> so uh, <laughs> um i yeah. wouldn't say that uh, most most no. people are really welcoming yeah no 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 i i mean obviously you mm. know but it's but it no so it's great um it's a fun industry to be in mm. and it's also really cool to see how um some of the regions of sweden like um uh, you know we, we've really been trying in stockholm and 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 uh to sort of get the brewers together and unionize a little bit and you know it's quite um, hard in stockholm it is a little bit harder yes um there's some great initiatives and and some great people working to to get that done I'm talking about you there, Craig. <laughs> um, and and uh, yeah, there's some great people. And, and I'm really impressed with how Gothenburg has done it and, yeah. and parts of Skåne and, so, and stuff like well, that. Well, the community uh, mindset is mm-hmm. more ingrown. In, uh, I normally say it's like the only big city in Sweden is Stockholm. And Gothenburg is the biggest small town. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In a good way yeah because yeah. people are closer to each other and more open and they help each other out yeah. in Stockholm it's a bit the climate is a bit rougher yeah but people are at least trying now to get things together and uh, I was a part of that Stockholm Brewers Union like trying to get yeah. that together and and, and, um, and uh, we, I think I think we're an association Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but so I can't really speak to what the others are doing um, I'm not too clued up on that to be honest mm. but I would I would like to rather I'd like to shift the the um the um, the focus towards what has happened in the industry over the years yeah. as well uh which is you know the mentality I mean in the beginning consider you know Stockholm Brewing Company uh being a re- you know really good friends of ours um with uh, Thomas and Nicholas that we start we got to know from from you know the beginning but it's funny, like when we came knocking on their door the first time, like, hey, guys, how's it going and stuff. And, you know, they'd hide their recipes and stuff like yeah. that. And how that has changed in the industry as well. Like everyone thought that, you know, if I've got a recipe, you know, I'm That's sitting mine. on, you know, I'm, I've got my pot of gold here, you know. Yeah. But it, and then soon people realized as they got into the industry or the business that that's not the thing that matters. You know, we really need to help each other out. And, and um, yeah, and that spirit's really around. Yeah. I mean, I really appreciate that. And I predicted collabs to be more frequent just before COVID hit mm-hmm. and then no collabs were done. But I, I think it's picking up now and, and brewers are actually because that is a way for brewers to learn more. Yeah. about what they do themselves as well, not just what other exactly. people do. No, no. I mean, you get to reflect on your own procedures and your own... I mean, you learn a lot from that. And that's one of the things that Peter and I did at the very beginning of our career was we went to the States because, well, you know, for one reason, I had to go and get all my stuff from Wisconsin because I was moving back. And he's and from breaking Chicago. Breaking up with a, with a <laughs> the girlfriend <laughs> and stuff. Um, but I, we had to go over there and get my stuff. And then we, we went to um, do like internships at, at, I think, four different breweries mm-hmm. for over the course of two weeks. So we got to see their procedures and, you know, and, and get the hang of things and, and realize that, okay, maybe we weren't too far off from like, maybe we can do this, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's really good, you know. The more people open their doors and 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 let the new ones in, you know, there's going to be there's going to be better beer for everyone. Yeah. 
definitely, yeah. definitely. And we're look really looking forward to having some beer festivals and and yes, fairs certainly. again because I don't think I realized how much how how much I enjoyed it until there weren't any around. Yeah, uh, and especially Bruskeval, which is my favorite festival in Europe, I'd say. Yeah, was supposed uh, to be my first time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was supposed oh. to go this the first time this. This year and These then days it actually. Yeah, yeah, it was actually this, this weekend. We did now is instead yeah. of mm. the Bruce Globe because mm. we yeah. had everything planned out and mm. Yeah, I got those like Google reminded me of how awesome it was, you know, a few <laughs> years ago. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's a shame. Uh yeah, looking forward to that as well. Bruce is so much fun, you know, because you got all the internationals and the local breweries. It's it's amazing. I also thought Katarina Keger was amazing. Oh yeah. mm. So I really hope Austin and the rest of them, Peter was involved in that too, that they put that put that on again because that was so much fun. Yeah, but those, those, those are more a bit more laid back festivals. Yes, they're more festivals and fairs. Yeah, so exactly. Because yeah. the fairs, I mean, if you know the bigger ones, they're kind of like you know it's a drunken party. You know, it's supposed to be a trade show that turn in turns into a drunken party. Exactly, mm. and and I appreciate when you know the customers actually want to talk about the beer because it's much more fun for us <laughs> instead of coming up and saying what's the strongest thing you have. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, what's your weirdest shit? You know, yeah. And, uh, like, Give yeah. him a straight up lager. <laughs> yeah. <is> fucking weird. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to people 200 years ago. This is weird. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're going to start to wrap up because you got a meeting soon. Oh, yes. In very like soon. Seven minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so uh, uh, I'll ask the final question. Yes. yes. Uh, it's your final day. You're dying. <gasps> it's the last day of your life. You get one chance to drink one more beer. What beer would that be? Oh, wow. What a tough one. Yeah. There's so much good beer. Mm. Um, Central Waters Peruvian Morning. <laughs> okay. Uh, what is that? Uh, that is a... Uh, it's one of those... You know those cats that eat uh, coffee beans and then they... You oh, know, yeah, they, yeah. Yeah, Crop they them pass out. them through. Yeah. Yeah, so they make a coffee stout out of that. And if I'm dying, <laughs> I that's just the last you little have kick. To try it. That that's just the last little kick that I need before I go, right? You know, it's like one last eating, ah! eating cat's poo. <laughs> it's coffee coffee beans that the cat eats, poops out, and then they make um it's called something, I can't remember what it is. But it's a great beer. It's a Peruvian Peruvian morning is a beer from Central Waters Brewing Company in Wisconsin. Fantastic uh, brewery. Thank you so much for tuning in, guys. And thank you, Daniel and uh, Kultur. Uh, Earl in everything, apparently, according <laughs> to Peter. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to the rest of the episodes and check out our Facebook, Instagram. Yeah, for the photos and photos everything. And everything that is. And whatever you do, guys, drink, drink better, better beer. beer.